us in here, we travel through, if there's 27 different emotions, how many different emotions do you experience in one day? And how many of us can experience, you know, different emotions in, in one hour? And how many of us can experience different emotions, you know, for one situation, one thing, one phone call that we get? And if we were to ask ourselves emotionally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, physically, spiritually, Am I consistently in a God zone? Am I consistently in the place where God wants me to be? Am I consistently a consistent believer, consistent Christian every single day, every single waking moment, or do I find myself being consistently inconsistent? And I, and I think that for all of us, if we were to be honest this morning, I think all of us can find one area in our life where we're consistently inconsistent whether it be emotional, physical, spiritual, I think there could be different areas and aspects of life where, yes, when it comes to faith, maybe I got it down. Yes, when it comes to deliverance, I don't have that one so much. Yes, when it comes to healing, mm, really don't, not really into that. I think that there's so many different spiritually different aspects of God. Crazy, today is September. Can you believe that a few more months we're gonna be into 2023? Isn't that crazy? Like 2022 is almost over. That is mind-blowing how fast, how quickly the year is going. 2023 is just around the corner. So we know that there is a comfort zone, a fear zone, a learning zone, and a growth zone. And I do believe that all of us can travel in those in a moment, in a situation. When we hear something, when something is asked of us, we want to stay in our comfort zone where I feel safe and control. When someone asks us to do something that we just don't want to do, the fear zone, to find excuses, to be affected by other people's opinions, to lack sometimes self-confidence. The learning zone where it starts to change, dealing with challenges and problems. Acquiring new skills, extending out of the comfort zone, and the growth zone where God wants us to live, finding purpose, living dreams, setting new goals, conquering objectives. This is where God wants you to dwell. He wants you to dwell and be consistent, finding dreams, con conquering objectives, setting new goals, doing great things everywhere we go, every, every single day, every waking moment, not a letting a phone call, not a letting any kind of situation, anything in life affect us emotionally, physically, or spiritually. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 37, and we're going to start in verse 23, and we get the privilege and honor to look at a man named Joseph. Joseph was a very young man who went through quite a few different things, quite a few different things, and every single thing that he went through, Joseph stayed in the zone. So if you have your Bibles, follow along, or if you don't, you can read on the screen, but here we go. When Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe that he was wearing, and they grabbed him, they threw him in, into the pit. Now the cistern, the pit was empty, there was no water in it, and they just were sitting down to eat. They looked up, they saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them, and it was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother? We have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. And after all, he is our brother. He is our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed. So the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by Joseph's brothers, pulled them out of the cistern, and they sold them to, for 20 pieces of silver. And the traders took him to Egypt. 
Verse 29, sometime later, Reuben returned to get Joseph out of the pit. When he discovered that Joseph was missing, he tore his clothes in grief, and then he went back to his brothers, and he lamented, the boy is gone. What will I do now? And then the brothers killed a young goat. They dipped Joseph's robe in its blood, and they sent the beautiful robe to their father with the message, look at what we found. Does this robe belong to your son? The father recognized it immediately, and he said, yes. Yes, he said, it is my son's robe. A wild animal must have eaten him, and Joseph has been clearly torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, dressed himself in burlap, and he mourned deeply for his son for a long, long time. His family all tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. I will go to my grave mourning for my son, he would say, and then he would weep. Meanwhile, the Midianite traders arrived in Egypt, where they sold Joseph to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Potiphar was the captain of the palace guard. God, we just come before you this morning. We pray that your Holy Spirit would speak loud and clear. God, that you would just remove all distractions, all feelings, every single thing that's on our heart, mind, and soul in the moment, just to lean in this morning, to hear your word, to hear the word of God, to hear your voice, to listen from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, speak. Have your way in this message, in this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. We see in this story, and we see for this young man who we know that he grew up in a love-hate relationship. He was loved by dad, but he was hated by his brothers. They hated him so much they decided they wanted to kill him. And one minute they wanted to kill him, next thing you know they're selling him off for 20 pieces of silver. 20 pieces of silver. We know somebody else who was, who was traded and sold off, right? A guy named Judas, didn't he? Didn't he want to betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver? And you know what's interesting? As Judas did that and betrayed Jesus to get 30 pieces of silver, and for uh, Joseph in the story, who was sold off for 20 pieces of silver, it, it all boiled down to the same thing. There was jealousy and there was hatred. Jealousy and hatred. Jealousy. The Pharisees and religious people in Jesus' day, they were so stinking jealous of Jesus. And it wasn't because he drove a new car. And it wasn't because he had the nicest outfits. The Bible said there was nothing in his appearance that would draw us to Jesus. There was nothing fancy about him. Boy, but when he walked around and he loved people and he cared for people and he prayed for people, the ground shook. People immediately got healed. The dead were raised. He walked on water. No wonder that they were jealous of him because they couldn't do those things. They couldn't do those things. And look at Jacob and Joseph and his brothers in this story. What was, what was Joseph's dream? I am going to be the leader of the family. I will be the head. You all will follow after me. And so as he spoke that vision out, they already hated him, but now they wanted to kill him. People hate dreamers. People hate people that have vision, who want to do something with life and do great things. People who have no hope. People who don't, you know, believe in Santa Claus. Just kidding. We want to go there. But people who have no faith, they have no hope. They don't, it's hard for them to believe. It's hard to believe in miracles. It's hard to believe that God can do something. It's hard to believe that God can open the door. It's hard to believe because they don't think that they themselves can do great things. So it's hard to believe in someone else who knows God can do great things. And so for these 11 brothers, they hated him, and they sold him off. Isn't that nice? Can you imagine being sold off by your siblings? I could use a little ca extra cash this week, so I'm going to sell Joel, I'm going to sell you off. Can you imagine, can you imagine just 
thinking that you can take someone's life and then you can sell them for a little money? You know, actually, if you look at our world today, this is what's become a marketing. You know how many billions and billions and billions of dollars are made because they sell off your information? People study you. They know what you watch, they know what you like, they know what you wear, they know the gum that you chew, they know every single thing about you. There are strangers around the world who know more about you than you know about yourself. You know what they do? They sell that information so they can make a dollar. You know, Reuben in this story, he wanted to save his brother and he wanted to be the knight in shining armor. Have you ever had a moment where it's just a little too late? Reuben shows up to save his brother. And as he gets there, he looks down in this hole, and he's not there. What happened? You know, some people live in a cycle of it's, it's a little too late. Some people live in situations where it's just a little too late. I want a lot, and I want this, and I want that, but it's just a little too late. You know, sometimes we can be so picky as people. We can be so picky as people sometimes, that when we finally decide, okay, I'm going to do this, it's too late. Do you know that God has a purpose and a plan for you? God has a calling for every one of us, great and small, big and little. doesn't matter where we're at. It does not matter. God doesn't want you to show up to the party a little too late. Reuben had the opportunity, the desire to save his brother. Reuben wanted to be the guy who said, I'm going to take care of my youngest brother. I'm going to take care of him. I'm going to save him. But no matter the desire, what was it? It was just a little too late. And I think emotionally, physically, spiritually, every one of us, there are situations in our life where we know we're supposed to do things, but we're just moving a little too late. We're moving a little too late. Don't be late to the party. Don't be late to what God asks you to do. When God speaks something into you, don't be late to the party. Be faithful to do it. It's sad because as soon as they sold off, you know, little brother, what did they have to do? Well, now we gotta do, now we gotta cover it up. Now we gotta cover it up. Now we gotta tell dad. Now we gotta make up some kind of excuse. You know, Proverbs 28, 13 says, people who conceal their sins will never prosper, but if they can confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Immediately, they had to come up with a cover story. And every one of us, I bet you, when we were little, we did something damaging to the house, and what would the first thing we did? We'd come up with a cover-up story. Oh, I gotta lie. I gotta lie, I gotta cover this up. I gotta cover this up, I can't let mom and dad know what I'm doing, I can't, I can't. I gotta cover this up, I gotta lie. The boys in the story covered up their sins. No matter what we try to cover up in life, there's nothing that, that, is, that you can hide from God. There's no secret, there's no sin. People who conceal their sins will not prosper. And the boys in this story, they did not prosper. They concealed sin, hatred, jealousy. They, they had so many things inside of them that were not correct. And because of their things that they hid and they, they held on to, they didn't prosper. They continued to, we know that in the story, they continued to face famine and famine and famine. Why? 
because of the path they chose, the things that they dealt with on the inside. They decided to conceal their sins. John 3.20 says, all who do evil, they hate the light. They refuse to go near for it's fear that their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see what they're doing and what God wants. You know, sometimes it's one of those things where we know in the last days the Bible says, what do people want to do? They want to be around preachers who, who speak only good things, right? Prosperity, and I fully believe in prosperity. And some people only want to go to prosperity churches because it sounds always good to be prosperous, right? And some people they want to go to churches where they're only it's only healing, and let's just talk about healing all the time because it sounds good. In the last days, the Bible says people are going to forsake listening to truth. They don't want to hear the truth. John three twenty says all people who hate, all people who do evil, they hate the light and they refuse to go near it for its fear. Or the fear, sins will be exposed. You know, the boys in this story, it's sad because 11 brothers, what they did and what they went through and what they covered up, but they were afraid to be exposed. And I want to ask you this morning, every one of us have someone in our life who they cover up things that are internally going on. And how many of us, if you have a friend who comes to you and they're saying, I'm struggling and I'm having a hard time, how many of us, if you, if you and all of us are good-hearted, kind-hearted people, right? We look in this story, they wanted to cover up their, their murderous, hateful thoughts. And none of us in here are like that because none of us have ever had a hateful, murderful thought ever, right? We are kind, loving, sweet, gracious all the time. So we're talking about our other friends. As the boys in the story covered up hate, murder, and all those things for their father, people today cover up different things. Insecurity is one of the most biggest things people cover up in our entire world. Fear, that is one of the ginormous things that people deal with. And sometimes when we're talking with our friends, sometimes when we're talking with strangers, and they come up to you and they say, I have a problem. I need you. God needs you to take a step back and listen. Because what they're telling you, it's never the problem. They're covering up. How many of us, we really want to help people? How many of us, we really care for people? We want to help our kids. We want to help our friends. But I need you to hear something this morning. We as people, we become professionals at covering things up. We are so good at covering up different things that we deal with, that other people deal with. And you know what happens? At the end of the day, we're not helping one another. Instead, we're enabling one another. Sometimes in friendships, we enable friendships, and instead of pushing growth and motivating inspiring growth in friendships, sometimes friends, they become like drug dealers, and they rely on each other for the negative emotions that they have. It says that people dwell in negative negativity 80% of the day. And that's not any of us, right? Again, it's the other people we know. If that's true, if 80% of people dwell 80% in negativity every single day, does that mean that we should as well? Is that where God wants you to be? But yet how quickly, and come on, let's be honest, do we get a negative thought? Let's be honest, how quickly does a negative thought arise? So you know what we do? We cover it up, right? We cover it up. The boys in the story, they covered up hatred, jealousy, murder. And I know that for ourselves, people we know, we're never going to help each other by covering up. If you honestly want help, what did the, what did the writer of Proverbs say? Confess. And, and, and talking about, hey, I'm afraid of this situation. Hey, you know, I actually do deal with insecurity here. Hey, I have this 
here that I'm dealing with. If you are faithful and if you are honest about things instead of covering them, covering them up, that's where you're going to find healing. That's where you're going to find mercy. If we try to conceal certain things, we're never going to find the help that we need. When our friends, the next time they come to us, I want to ask you to pray. I want to ask you to listen to the Holy Spirit because I know every one of us, we truly want to help people. We want to help our friends. But all of us have become professional cover-up artists. And, and it, you know, to be honest, I think every one of us can do half-lies and say I'm struggling with this when it's really something that's a little bit different. Be careful how you give advice. Be careful how you talk to people. Be careful as it's listening. Pray in the spirit to ask God for help. Sad because they sent, they sent a little text message to dad. They get the robe, they dip it in blood. And you know what the boys did? They didn't have the decency to take the robe to dad themselves. You know what they did? They sent a messenger. How many of us know junior high kids, you know, when they break up? It's not like they break up in person. They send a text message, right? It's just easy. And eh, I don't want to be with you anymore, right? How many people still do that today? How many people quit their jobs through a text message? And here, they wanted to kill their brother, and they sold them off. And what did they do? They did not have the decency, the character, the faithfulness to face the situation face-to-face. -face. Let me send somebody else. God doesn't bless us. God can't bless us when it's, ah, I got to put this on somebody else. I can't face the music myself. I can't stand up and take the heat myself. God has made us to be responsible people. In the very, 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 very beginning, what did God's very first command was to, to Adam? Be responsible. Take responsibility. Right? And as men and as women, God has given us life in that charge to take responsibility, to take life seriously, right? And instead of sending off a text, instead of doing what these boys did in here and send a messenger because I don't want to face the heat, I don't want to look dad in the eyes and lie to his face, I'll just send a messenger. And how many of us sometimes we just take the easy way out? You know, for our poor, for our poor boy here, Joseph, so he gets sold to the Ishmaelite traders, right, which are actually cousins. He's related to these people. I don't know if they, you know, hang out and have dinner once in a while and cook up carne asada, you know, or maybe prime rib, but he's related to them, right? His dad is Jacob, whose grandpa, Abram, right? And we know that Abram, at one point, he had a son with somebody else by accident because his wife said so, whose name was, what was his name? Ishmael. Ishmael's descendants, here, they became traitors, and so he gets sold off to cousins. His brothers sell him off, they sell him to distant cousins, and then you know what happens, his day just keeps getting better, he gets sold again, right? Can you imagine his day for just one minute? I'm here to find my brothers, I'm stripped, my coat's taken off, my honor, my authority, I'm thrown into a pit, my brothers lift me up after eating in my face because they sat around and had lunch after they threw me in the pit. And then my brothers, they sold me off. Man, they sold me off. And the day just keeps getting better because he goes from family to family and now he's sold as a stranger into a house. You know, for Joseph, in this moment, he gets to learn how to move past the FD. What is the FD? The family drama. For him, this is where a point in his story where family drama, he moves past family for a while. Now, the family's going to come back, and we know that. But for him, 
It's gonna become a distant memory for a while. For him, family, family drama, all the hate, all the love, everything good, it's gonna be like a distant memory as he moves past, he moves past the hatred, he moves past all those things. You know, as we talked about Joseph being sold for 20 pieces of silver, we know that Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. Jesus and Joseph have similar stories. We know Luke 8.21, Jesus' mother and brothers came to him, and they couldn't get to him because of the crowd. And someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside. They want to see you. And Jesus replied, my brother and my brothers are all those who want to hear God's word. Luke 20, 49 says, I've come to set the world on fire. I wish it already was burning. I have a terrible baptism of suffering ahead of me, and I'm under a heavy burden until it all gets accomplished. Do you think that I've come to bring priests to the earth? No, I haven't. I've come to divide people against each other. From now on, families are going to be split apart, three in favor of me, two against me, and two in favor, and three against. Father will be divided against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Family, family, family issues. Jesus knew a family issue.